0: My best friend and I have two movies that we're constantly quoting actually if I think about it and that's why I stopped at quoting there's three movies that we're constantly quoting and talking about one of them is Freaky Friday we're always talking about that movie we're always re-watching it quoting anything dr. Coleman is like the top 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 character in our conversations most of the time i grab my drink i gather my cats now let's talk about your favorite milk. listen the last year has given me a new perspective on friendships there was always this ongoing joke in my family over a comment i once made where i said that wherever i went i only made one friend so, at a time, I would only have one friend. And I guess that is kind of true for the past. But the last year has shown me that I am capable of making friends and expanding my social circles. I am so lucky to have met amazing new people who I now call friends. Um, I have coworkers who have become my best friends. And it's a great thing that... I never had before. I never had a larger group of friends. It was always a small group of friends, and it was usually one person. But there's still one person who stands out the most to me, and that's my best friend. And I wanted to talk about her in this episode, but it was hard for me because my friend is as straight as it gets. So I was like, how am I going to connect her to a MILF? And after a few minutes of thinking, luckily it was only minutes, I came up with a perfect answer. I met my best friend, whose name is Belen, in college. Up until then, I hadn't really created a best friendship bond while living in Mexico. So meeting her changed how my life had been in Mexico up to then. Um, college, like I said before, was the time in my life when I started coming out of people and telling them, yo, I am gay. I like women. And she never once judged me at all. Never. And like, this girl has heard all of the most ridiculous and most insane things I have done in my life. She has been there for the best and the worst, literally the worst When the worst thing that could have ever happened to me happened to me, she was the first person I told because she has always made me feel safe and I never had that before. I've had best friends and I've had people I had been able to share things with but no one had ever made me feel safe in a friendship and she did and to this day she does. Like Whatever happens in my life, I know I can tell her like the most ridiculous things, trust me, she knows them. And I met her in 2014 when we both started our bachelor degree, but we didn't really become friends or got close to each other until 2017. And that's when this week's milf comes into play. My best friend and I have two movies that were constantly quoting. Actually, if I think about it, and that's why I stopped at quoting, there's three movies that we're constantly quoting and talking about. One of them is Freaky Friday. We're always talking about that movie. We're always rewatching it, quoting anything. Dr. Coleman is like the top, top, top character in our conversations <laughs> most of the time. The second one is the Lizzie McGuire movie, We even had like a drinking game one time and I got so drunk playing this stupid game over this movie. We had like a whole lover's theory based on this movie. (laughs) And the third one is a parent trap. So, as you may have guessed, this week's MILF is Natasha Richardson. And this is going to be with the utmost respect for her, for who she was. And for her family the parent trap is like our go-to movie every time my best friend and i call each other twins because of this movie there's this phrase where they say like oh we're like twins we always quote that shit. we are like twins she is like a sister to me as well she's my spanish sister and this movie has meant a lot in our friendship one way or another. We're always talking about it. We've watched it a million times. We sent stickers on WhatsApp. We're always quoting. It's, it's our go-to movie. So when I was thinking about my best friend, I was like, how am I going to introduce this bitch into my podcast? Natasha Richardson came to mind. Natasha's death is probably the first celebrity death that affected me the most. As I had said in the Vera Farmiga episode, there was a time in my life when I was obsessed with Liam Neeson. And having been obsessed with Liam Neeson means that you struggle through Natasha Richardson's death a little bit more. I was always a fan of her. I loved everything she did. She, to me, looked like one of the most beautiful women I had ever seen. And when I was admiring her and being a fan of hers, I wasn't fully aware of my sexuality. So everything came from just a fan perspective and admiring her talent and admiring the way that she spoke and the way that she moved. Everything that she did was always so elegant. It was regal. There was something about her that was just regal and royal. She seemed like royalty. Which a lot of people say that she looked a lot like Princess Diana. Which I completely see it. And it's probably in the way they carried each other. The vibe they had. There's something there. So when Natasha Richardson died. It was the first celebrity death that affected me the most. There are a few celebrity deaths that I know will tremendously affect me when they happen but this one was the first one that got me thinking what these people mean in our lives you know like you're crying and you're sad and you're devastated that a woman that you never really met died but you got to know her through her work and through everything that she has done and I feel like that's why it affected me so much and also because the parent trap even before I met my best friend, has always been a really present movie in my life. To this day, it is. Not only just with my best friend, but with my family. We talk about it. We quote it. We're always talking about the parent trap. And I'm sure that you listening to this are always talking about the parent trap one way or another. And if you have not seen this movie, go watch it. Pause the podcast. Go watch it and come back to me. It's an amazing movie. It's completely ridiculous that two parents will get divorced and you take one twin, I take the other twin. What kind of sense does that make? But you know, as children, we watch that and we're like, wow, they're twins, they found each other, they're bringing their parents back together. It's so fun. But when you grow up, you immediately realize, you know, that's not how life works. That is completely toxic and irresponsible on both parents end but the movie is a classic and we all love it and we all talk about nick parker and elizabeth james and annie and holly and tessie and meredith blake my god yes we all talk about these characters Meredith Blake was probably the first villain a lot of lesbians fell in love with. Not me, which is weird because I always fall for the villain, but I completely loved Elizabeth James with everything in my being. When, oh, when Nick Parker tells her that he didn't know she wanted him to chase her, Sir, excuse me, are you dumb? Who doesn't go after Elizabeth James? She's a lady. She's a woman that you so want in your life. I would have chased after her. Hell, I would have done whatever she wanted me to do. She was amazing. And the movie itself was so amazing. There's something about it that just makes you feel comfort. And it makes you feel at home. There's this Twitter trend going around right now about movies that radiate comfort. And I saw that one of them was The Parent Trap. And my friend Sarah told me that it was 100% because of Natasha Richardson. My friend Sarah and I are always talking about Natasha Richardson as well. She's someone that we both really admire and we both miss. But I'm gonna leave Sarah for a completely different episode because as one of my longest online friends, she also deserves her episode. And my best friend deserves for this to be 100% her episode. So going back to my best friend. As I said, we met in college. 2017 was when we immediately became best friends. There was this uh, event we were doing at university And we had to spend so many weeks staying late. And by the time we were going home, we were just a laughing mess. We would not be able to stop laughing. We were burnt out and overly tired. And all we did was just laugh. And I remember that I started staying later after class because of her. And we would go to our department there and You know, just hang out with teachers and hang out with other classmates and just like have a good time. And like that time that I spent at university being her friend and going out with her and making plans with her and going to her house and her coming to my house and going on trips together, lying for each other, having each other's back, those are some of the best days of my life, 100%. And if it's true that Wherever I go, I only make one friend. I am so fucking lucky that she was the one friend I made. I haven't seen her in almost three years, which hurts like shit. It's sad because she was someone I used to see every single day. No matter what was going on in our lives, every day we would see each other. And we would talk for hours and spend the day together and do a bunch of different shit together. And nowadays, all we do is text. We text for as long as we're awake. Whenever she wakes up, she starts texting me because she's ahead of time. And whenever I wake up, I join in and we start texting each other. And then until she passes out and falls asleep, we're texting. I wake up and I have a text from her that asks me how I slept. I would not be able to start my mornings If I didn't have a text message. Because I know that I always have someone in my corner. Obviously, I have my family in my corner. I'm eternally thankful for that, as I have mentioned before. But I also know that I have her in my corner forever. No matter what happens. Even if we disagree on shit, we're still there for each other. And we're honest with each other, which is the greatest thing about our friendship. We obviously support each other in everything that we do no matter what we're doing how stupid it can be we have each other's back and we give each other our support but we're still honest about it you know if you're about to do something stupid that I believe is gonna hurt you I'm gonna tell her and the other way around for a long 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 time she told me what I was doing was hurting myself and Even though I knew she was right, I didn't want to hear what she had to say at the time. And she said it when she knew it was appropriate to say. And then she stayed quiet and had my back when she knew I just needed her to be by my side. Which is the most important thing. Friendship, real honest friendships, are supposed to be those in which you can act like an idiot. But you can also have really serious, deep conversations. Friendships in which you can act like a fool in your real life and your friend's going to tell you, you're being an idiot, but I'm still going to have your back. Those are the friendships that you want to have in your life. And for a really long time, I didn't have that in my life. It wasn't always like that for me. Until I met her. And like I said, I started feeling safe. Because I had someone who could look me in the eye and tell me, You're being stupid. But even though you're being stupid, I'm going to stand in your corner. And I'm going to be there for you. When I got my matching tattoo with my ex. Which, do not do it. Do not get matching tattoos with your partners. Please, I cannot express this enough. She was there. She told me I was dumb. To this day, she tells me I'm dumb about it. But she stood by me. I'm sure she wishes she would have tried harder to stop me. But she stood by me. When I went and covered that tattoo up, she stood by me. Not physically, because like I said, we haven't seen each other in a while. But she was there for me, texting me and letting me know that it was the right thing to do. That I didn't have... To give any explanations to anyone, that I only owe myself everything. The rest of the people, I don't owe them anything. I don't know if you can hear it, but my cats are going insane. And that's best friendship right there as well. My cats are best friends. And um, that's pretty much like my best friend and I. We can go insane and we can chill. I always like. My friends, or my one friend at the time, my family would say, to come over to my house. I felt more comfortable that way, probably because of anxiety. I have a lot of anxiety people don 't realize it because i 've become really good at hiding it. One of my jobs i 'm a server, and I have become amazing at hiding it from my tables. But deep down, I have a shitload of anxiety it 's something really hard for me to deal with and I believe that that's why I always wanted my friends to come over to my house. And when Belen started coming out to my house, she immediately became part of my family. Like, no hesitation. My parents did not even doubt it, and they made her part of the family. She was there for my birthday, which is on Christmas Day, so not a lot of friends do that shit. She was there on my birthdays. Um... She was the one friend I wanted to say goodbye when I left Mexico again. When I went over to Mexico for our graduation, I stayed over at her house. Like I said, she is a sister to me. And my family is a kind of family who will always make you feel welcomed because that's how we were raised, all of us, no matter what generation. But for them to make you part of our family, you have to be really good and give off great vibes. And that's what she did from the very first day. It felt like she belonged. And there's one thing that I believe that led to this, to her belonging, to her being my best friend, to her being the one person I turn to whenever things get tough. And it's because I believe that there are friendship soulmates. And we are 100%... Friend, soulmates. We are so different in so many things, but we're so similar in the things that matter the most. One of them is anxiety, sadly. But we understand each other on a deeper level. We understand how we love other people. We understand how we struggle with our own thoughts, with our self-worth. We give each other the confidence that we might not have on our own because we understand what the other person is going through. And I think that that is so important. It's so important to have a friend who compliments you, who makes your life better. Obviously, we all want to have a romantic relationship that does that for us, but it's so important to have that in friends as well and not just surround yourself with, People you can go out for drinks and that's it. Obviously, that's great. You need people to just go out and have fun with. But you also need friends you can be honest and open with. And luckily, Belen is both of that. She's the kind of friend that I would call to go out and have a drink and just have fun and whatever it is we want to do. And she's also the kind of friend that I'm going to call when I'm fucking crying on the floor and I don't know what else to do. And I know that in both situations... She's going to be there for me. And thinking back to Natasha Richardson, I think that that's the kind of vibe she gave as an actress. And that's the kind of vibe that Elizabeth James gives in The Parent Trap. To be both women. To be the one who you can have fun with and the one that you can rely on. And that's probably why her death affected so many of us. To this day, I see so many people tweeting about her, talking about her characters, posting pictures, posting fan cams. There are so many lesbians I know whose sexual awakening, whose lesbian realization, bisexual realization, been sexual realization, however you want to call yourself was Natasha Richardson in The Parent Trap. She marked generations. Because the generation who first watched The Parent Trap is not my generation. It's not the generation of all my friends who tell me, you know, the first male I fell in love with was Natasha Richardson. So she has marked so many generations. And I'm sure there's plenty of other roles that have done what The Parent Trap did for us. If I'm 100% honest, I have not gone through all her filmography. Um, Made in Manhattan was one of my favorite movies. I used to watch that with my mom all the time. And they used to show it on TV in Argentina all the time. So we would watch it constantly. And after she died, after Natasha Richardson died, it took me at least a year and a half, to watch The Parent Trap and Made in Manhattan again. It just, it made me sad to watch those movies. Those were two movies that were relevant and important in my childhood growing up. There were movies that I would watch with my brothers, with my mom, with my friends, later on with my best friend. So it took me a while to just turn on the TV and either of those movies on because there was a sense of sadness and despair every time I saw her on screen and that's how I realized you know this is the first celebrity death that really really affects me and it got me thinking like there's so many celebrities that I love and admire and this podcast is proof of that I have so much to say about so many different milfs and so many different actors and I can relate them to different times in my life. I can connect them to important people in my life, to important situations. So it's going to be tough when the most important people, when the most important celebrities start passing away. And, you know, I think that we all have that one list in our brain of like, if this celebrities die, it's going to affect me really bad. And... I think I sort of narrowed it down and I'm sure that once I say it right now and I listen to the podcast again, I'm going to add more people, but the ones that will 100% affect me so fucking much when they die are obviously Liam Neeson, Jack Nicholson, Meryl Streep, Mariska Hargitay, Gina Davis, Celia Ward. Queen Latifah, Josh Dallas, and Anna Milan. Those nine celebrities, I believe, are the ones that are just gonna stab me right in the heart. And they're gonna affect me like Natasha's death did. The difference is gonna be that when Natasha passed away, I was still too young. I hadn't done all of this analysis in which I go deep in thought and wonder why a celebrity has meant so much to me. What was going on in my life that this celebrity meant so much to me? I I didn't do that because I was still really young. I just got really sad and mourned someone I had never met, but who had been a part of my life through her movies. And as I started thinking about this podcast and how I wanted to talk about my best friend and then I thought of Natasha Richardson. and I realized that the reason her death affected me so much was because two of her movies were so fundamental in my life as a child. Because I watched them repeatedly, and her face was right there. Because I quote The Parent Trap almost every day to this day. And it was such an impactful movie in my life. And when you're young, you don't realize these things. You know, you get sad. You have certain feelings that you don't understand. And as you get older, you begin to understand why things affect you the way they do. And I am lucky because even though Natasha Richardson is dead and it's still extremely sad and we all still miss her a lot, I keep bringing her character to life every time that my best friend and I quote that movie. And thinking back on when Nick Parker tells her he didn't know she wanted him to go after her, I actually recently saw that on Facebook and shared it on Facebook and was like, Nick Parker is the stupidest man on earth because who wouldn't go after Elizabeth James? And a lot of people... Laugh reacted to it, and one of them was my best friend. And I hope she knows, my best friend, how important she is in my life, how I wouldn't have survived all the shit I survived without her. She is a ray of light in my life because she's always motivating me to do better and be better. And when I'm sad, she's there. When I'm happy, she's there. She always has my back and she has always kept me going. And that's honestly the best thing that I could have ever asked for in a best friend. I hope that from my end, I can help her feel as safe with me as I feel with her. That she knows that I'm always going to have her back no matter what happens, no matter what is going on, I will always be there for her. And I hope she knows that her friendship means the most to me. And hopefully soon we will get together, we will grab our drinks, and we will watch The Parent Trap again. And then we can watch Freaky Friday, Lizzie McGuire, and just have a good old time because it is a friendship to celebrate. It is a friendship that I know Will last a lifetime. It's a friendship that I will cherish for the rest of my life. She is the person my kids will call aunt. And she is the person that I hope my kids turn to when they're angry at me. Or they're fighting with me. And they always have her. As I will always be there for her kids. And have their back as well. And I hope wherever Natasha Richardson is. She knows that she was admired, she was respected, she was loved, and to this day she still is. I hope she knows that Elizabeth James lives on in all of us, in so many tweets, in so many Instagram posts, Facebook posts, YouTube videos. She's still there, and she always will be, because it was an iconic character, and she gave a lot of us A home in that movie and she made us feel comfort and she made us feel love which is the best thing an actor could do through their work so I hope she knows that and she hopefully still feels all the love that we have for her our drinks are empty our cats are ready for a nap so join me next week And let's talk about your favorite MILF. And if you like talking about your favorite MILF, please leave me some comments, review the podcast, let me know what you think of this, and let's help other lesbians find us, other cats join us, and let's keep talking about your favorite MILF.